What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plant, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome, my friends. I am Vivian McPeak, and this is Hemp Present. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hemp Present, email me at hemppresent@gmail.com. I greatly enjoy hearing from you, the listener. Today's guest on Hemp Present is author, journalist, and podcast host, Joe Dolce. Joe is the author of Brave New Weed, Adventures in the Uncharted World of Cannabis from HarperCollins. Joe served as editor-in-chief of Details and Star Magazines. He has been a contributing editor at Playboy Magazine as well as Gourmet Magazine, among other achievements. And he's joined me today again to dive into some important issues. Welcome back, Joe, to Cannabis Radio. Hi, Vivian. Nice to see you. I think we last spoke on the Brave New Weed podcast about two years ago before, before COVID, remember? Yes, yes, yes. Before, yeah, in the old world. <laughs> in the old world, I, you were about to give up doing the hemp fest. So, have you given it up officially, or are you still going uh, with it? Well, no, no, I wasn't going to give up doing the hemp fest, but I was going to. I had an idea to kind of move into a different capacity, and uh, and man, I had no idea the difference in capacity that was coming here because <laughs> hemp fest hasn't happened in uh, since two thousand and nineteen. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're struggling like everybody else in this, this paradigm. And, and of course, you know, at an event like Seattle Hemp Fest, thousands of people are going to share from their mouths, no matter what we do, uh, which makes it even more of a precarious situation in the age of COVID. Yeah. Um, but we did have a, a, a very cool global live stream event uh, last year. We're going to do another one this year. And we were just trying to hold on by, our, um, by, our, by a hemp tendril. <laughs> until uh, the time that we can gather in the, in the parks again. Um, but it's not just us, man. The pain's going all over, over the place. 
Um, and, and, and it's funny because my first question is kind of relevant to the fact that a few years have gone by. Um, after several years of abstention, you spent four years and traveled over 30,000 miles researching your book, Brave New Weed, uh, after being reintroduced to cannabis in 2012 by a friend. How has your life changed since Brave New Weed was published, and how has your reintroduction of cannabis influenced this last period of your life? Well, you know, I'm in the second phase of my life because I'm no longer a young man. I'm an older person, right? I'm well above the age of 50. And cannabis has been a great awakening for that. And I, and I really want to, one of my missions is to introduce people who used it maybe younger, who stopped using it and, and reacquaint themselves with it, like forge a new relationship with it. I've always thought cannabis is a, is a good friend. And, you know, like a friend, sometimes you go through fallow periods. Sometimes there's times when you're not seeing each other and not speaking, right? And then there's other times when you get back together and things are really nice and really good again. And I think that for people of a certain age, cannabis is, is a good buddy and helps us with lots of things like pain and stress and particularly in sleep. Um, it's been really great for me. I've been experimenting, you know, for years trying to find the right mix of uh, THC with CBD or the right edible combination, how to use it properly, how to use inhalation and mix it with edibles to get good sleep. So I've been using it much more, I would say much more uh, for wellness. I think the idea of rec of uh, of medical is a bit strong to say, you know, for the way I use, I don't really use it for a medical reason, but I use it for sleep. I use it for pain. I use it to just calm down. And you know what else it's done? It's really... <laughs> It's really made me popular with a group of people again, because I, there's so many people who use it, but who don't even talk about it. And, you know, you bring some to a party and suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, I love pot. I have been smoking pot my whole life. And it's just so interesting because you meet people all through, you meet all sorts of different people through this. Um, and I have to say, I have met some extraordinary human beings through cannabis over the years. And it's, it's really made me very happy. How's that? You <laughs> How's know, this, that for a short my, summary? My 30th year. That's great. This is my 30th year with Seattle Hemp Fest. So I've been doing this for 30 years, you know, and 30 years of like getting bank accounts and filing permits and all kinds of stuff. And 30 years ago, going to a bank and try to open an account for the Seattle Hemp Fest. And man, it was a real experience if you could even accomplish it. And you'd get the, you know, you'd see the side glances where the tellers would be looking at each other, giving them the look, you know what I mean? Like, oh boy, yeah. you know, here's some, some, some druggy operation and stuff. Um, and then fast forward 30 years later, now I go into the bank to make a deposit and the, the middle-aged uh, teller, you know, is like, oh, Hempfest, have I missed it? Has it happened yet? You know, I mean, it's amazing how things have changed and the, the credibility factor. Um, and people are talking now about things yeah. that they wouldn't talk about before. Do you yes. find that to be true? Oh, my God. So when I wrote the book, so I have another life. I, I am a, I'm a presentation and media coach. I basically teach people how to speak in public, okay? And I have clients in large corporate capacities uh, all across different, different professions in technology, in fashion, in finance, all across. And I was quite nervous when the book came out thinking, oh, I have to explain myself to a lot of folks or they didn't know this about me, but I just thought, you know, I'm gay anyway. So I had already come out once. I just thought, oh, here we go again. I'll just do it again and life will be fine. So 
I did. I just basically told everybody what I was doing before the book came out. And I got to tell you, I would say 99% of everybody said, that's great, man. I, let's talk about pot. I really want to talk about that. Or let's talk about psychedelics. Or let's talk about this, right? They, it just opened up so many doors. And yes, there has been a change of mind. There has been. And, you know, I'm hoping, I'm happy to say that you're a part of it. And on some level, I'm a part of it. You know, that's why we did, that's that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. I wanted to give people a, a reason for their love of the plant, right? I wanted to give, I wanted them to understand the crazy history and understand the difference between myth and fact. And, and, and that's why I do the Brave New Weed podcast too. I want to keep the conversation rolling. I want to keep it going. So, yeah. Well, you know, while we have 40,000 Americans in jails and prisons, it's an important conversation to talk about. Um, and while we have so many, you know, medical patients uh, who could potentially seek relief. And, and, yeah. and Joe, there's many aspects of the cannabis paradigm that you're very well versed in that we could talk about today. And the one I want to delve in uh, to today is actually related to this conversation. And that is the institutional resistance to plant medicine, specifically the medical industry's reticence to accept that cannabis has legitimate, legitimate medical applications. Previous to 1937, cannabis was used by the medical establishment to treat the symptoms of 100 or more illnesses. And we have thousands of years of anecdotal evidence and scores of recent studies showing a tremendous therapeutic uh, power that cannabis has. Yet on another show, I was told that only 13% of medical schools even mention the endocannabinoid system. Well, what do you think is going on here? Yes, I think. Well, first of all, those are true facts. The other interesting thing is that when prohibition began in 1937, the AMA, the American Medical Association, lobbied against the prohibition. In 19, you know, in, they <laughs> right. lobbied against it. They were shot down by Congress. Okay, so that's quite interesting. That in in the last 80 years, their position has completely reversed. Well, look, let's face it. Um, it's not taught in medical school. So that's that's complicated. And there's maybe a reason because it is federally illegal. Doctors have a lot to learn. Medical students have a lot to learn. I'm, here's the here's one. Of, I'm trying to be judicious here, right? And to teach something that's illegal may be a waste of time. Okay, that's 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 one of the de defenses that they use. Okay. However, doctors mm -hmm. are not are not into plant medicines they don't th there's lots of reasons they're not single molecule substances okay they're not targeting specific things they require a more complicated dosing let's just talk about the last time you went to the doctor how long did the doctor spend with you you know seven minutes seven minutes maybe 12 let's figure out what what pharmaceutical drug they're going to prescribe it's not even their fault. The insurance companies are trying, you know, they limit the time. They need a certain amount of productivity, right? It's very complicated. So for a doctor to sit around and, and try to explain the dosing of cannabis with somebody who is completely cannabis naive is a large investment in time, right? And then you know the patient is not going to necessarily remember it all, right? I've, I'm currently actually working on an app through another company called Medical Cannabis Mentor that I run, which is creating an app to educate patients that's, how to, that's actually how to one use of my, it. That's one of my questions. Yeah. So- Yep, yep. I was, I was definitely planning to get into that. I, well, we'll talk about it, but you know, it, it has been my ambition for years. And finally, I've been able to hook up with the right tech company that's gonna enable, hopefully, inshallah, fingers all crossed, that will enable this to happen. 
So people don't need to talk to their doctors to the same extent. The doctor can say, hey, maybe you want to try this, right? Um, so that's that's another problem. The other thing is insurance doesn't cover it. There's it's a very nuanced problem, right? The other thing is that cannabis. Well, nobody's is, giving kickbacks to a doctor uh, to, for talking about cannabis, right? Not yet, not yet. But you know, <laughs> there are there's a union in Canada, the which is really interesting, and I hope is is could be a model for other things. So Canada has a, a, a health system, unlike ours, you know, it's an organized health system through national health. But there's one union of construction workers who have enabled cannabis to be paid for it by their insurance, because so many of them suffer from pain. And so many of them don't want to use opioids or have had bad experience with opioids because of the addictiveness and the sort of the brain fog that comes with using them. That's really promising. You know, that's, that's, that's really good. So you know, hopefully they're accumulating the data. They'll be able to establish some protocols. They'll be able to understand how this stuff really works, works well. Right. And then you know, it's going to take some time, but there are so many people, Vivian, and you know, a lot of them, and I know a lot of them who, who use plant-based medicines, who aren't only reliant on allopathic medicines. And we just can't be ignored. I think anymore, it's ridiculous, right? One of the yeah. reasons the whole yeah. well the wellness industry exists, and I know people laugh at it, but sorry, <laughs> I mean I get a lot of relief through using cannabis for conditions that I just don't want to use uh, allopathic medicines for. Even though I'm not I'm not opposed to allopathic medicines, by the way. Okay, I don't see it as dualistic or black and white. I think all these things can, can be combined, can be combined effectively, and are often combined effectively. Was that a long-winded answer to your question? That was a great answer, Joe. And, uh, <laughs> and that has brought us up to the time, the time where it's time to roach this segment and uh, go to a break and come back for our next segment where we're really going to dive in. So don't go anywhere anyway. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take anywhere treat. We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong hemperer of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back on Hemp Present, Joe Dolce. So, Joe, we're, we're talking about uh, this resistance to plant medicine. Uh, and and I'll, I'll tell you that I've had, I have a chronic, I have a couple of chronic health conditions. And I saw doctor after doctor and neurologist after neurologist and, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I even had, you know, doctors suggesting that I was uh, imagining it and that I was, I had them, you know, asking me, well, are you taking methamphetamine or cocaine? Are you sure you're not taking some amphetamines and stuff? Um, and they, and I spent thousands and thousands of dollars and several years. And then finally somebody said, have you gone to a naturopath? And I went to a naturopathic doctor and within 15 minutes, she had a theory on what was wrong with me. She did a slew of testing on me and she was correct. Um, and, 
and I, I, I'm able to function now. I mean, I thought my life was over five years ago. I thought it was all over and I was done and, and there was no hope for me. Uh, and things have really turned around. I still struggle. Um, and naturopathic doctors are more open to plant medicine, Definitely. Uh, a little bit of a different approach. Um, and, and I agree with you. I think that the ultimate is a combination of uh, allopathic and naturopathic, you know, holistic medicine, where all the above, uh, because there's a time and place for everything. Um, the interesting thing is that most of the, at least a lot of the drugs in the pharmacopoeia were actually originally plant-derived. Am I yeah. wrong? No, you're right. Look, think about aspirin. It came from birch bark, right? Aspirin. Right. Right. You know, I mean, uh, many things. I, I mean, my brain is not focusing in on Valium. many of them. Right? Valium came from, check it. Well, okay. How about opioids? It came from poppies. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. it does, it's yeah, on not down a the line, right? On not, down the line. Yeah. And so what the pharmaceutical industry has done is, is either very, I mean, look, very cleverly, they've been able to synthesize these things. I mean, it's great to have aspirin in all of our and, medicine. And patent, and patent, patent them. Some of right? them have, yeah, you some of them have. patent a drug, you can't patent a, med, a, a plant. You can't patent a plant. So that's another problem, you know, there's, uh, for, for those sort of industries, right? Um, and you see people trying now in the biopharma space, trying to patent synthetic cannabinoids. Listen, it may happen. And I don't, I don't know if it's good or bad yet. I have no idea. Some people think that because of the entourage effect, which is the idea that all the elements in cannabis work together more harmoniously and effectively than the single components, right? And I think there's a lot of evidence about this. But it's still a theory. No one knows for sure. My friends in the biopharma space, the life science space, say nonsense. We're going to isolate these things and we're going to create powerful healing substances from single molecules. And I say, you know, if you're right, go for it. If it works, then, you know, look, if CBN, C, yeah, CBN is really effective for sleep, which I'm not sure if it is without THC, um, go for it. Put it out there. Let's try it. But you know, I've tried some of these isolates. Somebody sent me um, pills, twenty-five milligrams of delta eight THC the other day, right? So delta eight is this quote-unquote new cannabinoid that's derived from hemp that gets you about half as high as delta nine THC, our good friend delta nine THC, and lasts a lot longer on the shelf. So that's a good thing. It lasts long on the shelf, so it's stable. Um, but the, these 25 milligrams delta eight gave me such a foggy brain in the morning. And it was like, whoa, this is not that pleasant in the morning. Um, I don't want to use this stuff. So I think, uh, you know, trying to isolate cannabinoids is going to take a lot more time. It's, I think the, we'll see how they do. I mean, we'll see. I don't know enough about. You know, they, they isolated THC for Marinol. Wasn't and it was happy. pretty much a disaster. Yeah, it was a disaster. It doesn't make people happy. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, it made a lot of those patients, they, they basically used it on AIDS patients in the early 90s. And a lot of them just said, no, we don't want this. It makes me unhappy. It's called dysphoria, the opposite of euphoria, right? Right. Yeah. And lasted a long time from what I Too understand. long. Yeah, I've tried it. I've, you know, I've used this body as an experimental lab over the, <laughs> over the too, years, huh? like many of us. Um, Very noble. Love it was you. it was really just it went on too long it wasn't it wasn't interesting it wasn't dynamic it was static and 
and mm-hmm. not not in any way did I want to use it again. Interestingly, right? So, so I think well, it's uh, not nice to fool Mother Nature, right? <laughs> you don't need to. I mean, we have a we have this plant that works pretty well for a lot of people, and you know, people could pretty much figure out how to use it on their own to a certain extent. But if I think if you do want to use it for a chronic or a serious condition, it does take some guidance, some protocols. I, you know, I work with one doctor in medical cannabis mentor, and she's been using cannabis for over 15 years. She's treated over 10,000 people with it. And she's discovered all these protocols. Like if you mix it with ashwagandha, or if you mix it with certain types of exercise, you get better effects for certain conditions. And that's the kind of it's called real world evidence that I'm really interested in. You know, we can we can we can make our lives better by doing certain things that that amplify the medicinal qualities of these plants. Interesting, right? Yeah. Well, you know, Joe, in, in 2015, the total number of individual prescription medications filled at pharmacies was over four billion. That's nearly 13 prescriptions for every man, woman, and child in the United States. That is a lot of money. I mean, one of the largest lobbies in the world, perhaps. I'm not sure. Um, And so, you know, that could have some influence on this reticence uh, to promote plant medicine because, you know, you can grow a plant in your garden or in your house or your garage, as we know. Um, But now there's this microdosing movement happening where people are taking small amounts of cannabis or psychedelics like ketamine and MDMA or ecstasy, psilocybin, uh, and I think it's it's kind of opening the door um, for maybe a, a, a new revival of an awareness of plant medicine. What do you think? I think absolutely. I mean, who do you know that isn't microdosing these days? Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, only the people that are macrodosing. <laughs> I guess so. That's true. <laughs> um, it's a really interesting phenomenon. It's. It's so interesting when you think that the government arrested all of these people for like, uh, you know, synthesizing LSD and distributing it, made them criminals for many, many years. And today there's actual evidence that it's a really helpful substance and that it heals people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you have to look back at all those quote unquote drug dealers, uh, you know, who spent a lot of time in prisons and really sacrificed a large part of their lives to do this work. Uh, Were they criminals or were they heroes and healers? It's a it's a really painful reckoning when you look at it in those terms, you know, but I but I don't want to dwell on on only that because, you know, the experience I've had of microdosing with LSD has been extremely positive and many people i know have have found great energy and motivation and and healing through it obviously i mean people have written books about it i let waldman wrote a great book about it i mean people have written things and and there's obviously a lot of a lot of stuff to come here um and i think that it was first created in the I may have my timing wrong but i think it was first identified in the 1940s by alexander shulman that's correct yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's pretty amazing that the information has been out there for all these years, but now in this plant medicine revival, I think you're absolutely right. It's the plant medicine revival. Um, it's really coming into the mainstream, or at least into a side stream of the mainstream. Have you been using? And, uh, have you have you microdosed with anything? Um, well, you know, I I grew up macrodosing. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
you know, I, we're about the same age, I think, roughly. And, you know, I was right on the tail end of the 60s counterculture uh, period. So none of this is news to me, man. I was hip to all this for an awful long time. Um, but uh, I have I have been doing a little bit of microdosing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I find it to be extremely therapeutic. And we got about, about uh, 30 seconds to the next. You know, and you may have, I just want to say, you may have been doing it for a long time, but for a long time of that long time, you were considered a freak for doing it or knowing about a it criminal. or investigating it. A criminal. Or investigating it or a criminal. Yeah. And now you're considered at the forefront of contemporary culture. So there you go. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, <it's> amazing <laughs> transformation. Take your, take you know? your bow, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it was the least I could do for humanity, you know, is, uh, <laughs> use my, like you, you know, use our, our, our bodies as laboratories. But I, I'll let you know that I carry a, port, a portable marijuana incinerator with me at all times. And if I encounter any of the noxious weed, I burn it right on the spot, you know, so that it can't get in the hands of any children or anything. That's, that's how dedicated I am. You are a real, you um, are a real savior to I'm humanity. Still, <laughs> hey, you know. I say the other thing to say at Hempfest, we burn more cannabis than the DEA. <laughs> That's a great line. All right. I am talking to Joe Dolce. We're gonna we're gonna take another break, uh, pay the rent, and come back with our final question. So don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back for the final segment of Hemp Present with Joe Dolce. Uh, Joe, uh, you have your own podcast, which we mentioned previous, previously in web presence, including an online learning platform that you and Dr. June Chin created where healthcare providers, dispensary personnel, and patients can learn the facts, science, uh, and best practices for dosing and delivering medical cannabis. What can you tell us about that? And also, you know, how can people get a hold of you, follow uh, what you're doing, and check out your great works? Well, thank you for that opportunity to self-promote myself. Uh, so the website is called Medical Cannabis Mentor, and it, it does have courses for healthcare providers and dispensary people, dispensary personnel. Um, we're, we are in use by several of the large multi-state dispensary organizations in the United States, in the UK, and some uh, practitioner groups in Canada. And we create courses for companies and we have our own courses um, that are online and they're great. They're accessible. Uh, they're evidence-based. They're fully based in research. There's no, no bunk about them. Everything is cited. You can find out, what, you can verify it if you want, if you're in that beat. But it's also presented in an in a easy to understand vernacular 
for everybody. Um, so those are our courses. And those are also the courses that we hope to turn into this app as we talked about previously on this cast. Um, and then I, I run Brave, the Brave New Weed podcast, which is bravenewweed.com. The other one is medicalcannabismentor.com. And on Brave New Weed, you know, we talk to people like you. We talk to people who are at the forefront of culture, of science, of politics, of, of thinking about these things. Like one of my favorite interviews of late was with Dr. Carl Hart. Did you read his book, Drug Use for Grownups? Oh man, yeah. And he's he's got a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of nerve. I love that guy. He has a lot of nerve. He's he's a radical thinker. I mean, agree or disagree with him, he believes that all drugs should be legalized. He's a He's an open heroin user, which there are not many professors at Columbia University who are open about that, um, and says that it really helps him in his life. And I mean, it's a look, these are complicated issues. I am not really sure about heroin being legal throughout the world for everybody to use. I'm not sure at all about it, actually. Um, but I, I think it's interesting that an educated intellectual would, would raise the possibility. Um, and it's certainly worth a conversation. Lots of people I know have read this book. Lots of people have very vehement opinions about it. Um, and I was so happy to be able to be one of the first people to talk to him about it. Um, he's a, you know, he's he's a brilliant guy. I've I've listened to his lectures over the years. Guy gets standing ovations at every conference he goes to, not because he's a heroin user, but because he has a very clear, strong position on on. Uh, justice, racial justice, uh, how drugs have to be stopped using as a bludgeon, bludgeon as a tool to keep people oppressed. Joe, Very how can how can people uh, how can people follow your good works? Uh, they can subscribe to the Brave New Weed podcast at bravenewweed.com. They can check us out at Medical Cannabis Mentor which is medicalcannabismentor.com. It's a long word, but one can type it. Or, uh, you know, you can reach out to me individually through those if you want to talk about, if you want to uh, suggest topics like you. I love hearing from listeners. We get a lot of show ideas from listeners. We're really happy to answer people's questions. Uh, we, we, we consider ourselves, you know, in the service of, of people. So please reach out to us, talk to us. Joe Dolce, thank you once again for being on Hemp Present. It's always fabulous speaking to you. Hempy Trails, my friend. Thank you so much, Vivian. Take care. I look forward to your next Hemp Fest. May, may it be soon. <laughs> thank you, sir. And that concludes this installment of Hemp Present on Canada's radio. When it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Stay strong, my friends, and get involved in the struggle to end prohibition for good. Turn up the music, Maestro, because I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.